All right, everybody, welcome to today's episode of the Seven Figures Club podcast. Today, we have an amazing guest with us. We have the world famous Millen Levis, who is a financial expert who helps women and executives and entrepreneurs and business owners to be able to create a financial roadmap to financial independence and success. She has a very unique story that she's going to share with us in just a few moments. Uh, she is from Europe and has uh, traveled over to the U.S. and made a massive impact at helping people to achieve financial independence through different strategies, which she's going to share with us today. So very excited to welcome Millen to the podcast. Welcome, Millen. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S. and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Thank you so much for having me, Leah. I'm uh, very excited to talk to you and your listeners. Well, perfect. Why don't we start at the very beginning, Millen, with kind of your childhood, where you were raised. What was it like uh, where you grew up and what, what sort of limiting beliefs maybe did you gain along the way that uh, led to different challenges to create financial independence for yourself? That's a great question. So I grew up in a uh, um, former Soviet Union. Uh, Lithuania wow. used to be a former Soviet Union. So you can imagine the, the uh, level of healthy beliefs that I grew up with. Wow. So my parents were middle class um, uh, citizens and um, money was a constant uh, source of disagreements, fights. And uh, I developed this sense of money is not for me money uh i have to chase money money is hard uh, to get and all kinds of uh, very very unhealthy beliefs around money so i was very fearful and um that kind of was reflected uh, in many ways in my experiences um at the beginning so I uh, was making very little money there, like working as employee. I was a software engineer, by the way, software development engineer. And um, um, at some point, um, because of the socialist um, system, which didn't sit well with me, I was very rebellion. I was very kind of um, freedom. Tell us, tell us about that system, Millen, because uh, a lot of people, you know, in the news today, they see a lot of things about, you know, capitalism versus socialism. And you actually lived in a very socialistic, communistic uh, country for a while. What was the opportunities like there? And how was it different when you came to the U.S.? Okay, the dream on the surface is beautiful. The reality beneath the surface is a horror. It's a horror. And it, wow. it breaks my heart to see how naive people are because I was forced to study Lenin and Marx. So, and I, you know, I, I was like my entire um, existence was rebellion, uh, rebelling this because it was so um, superficial because I knew 
my reality. I knew that my parents were afraid that, you know, my father could be put in jail or would be limited because of whatever his beliefs. We were forced to be in a particular party. My, my, my parents were forced to be in a communist party. I was forced since I was very young. I was forced, you know, they had like little parties for children. Like when you are uh, very young, you were, I forgot, I think it's called Aktibrionok. Um, because the revolution happened in October, right? And then when you grow up, you, you had to join um, another party for like young adults. I mean, just think, I have goosebumps thinking that that's how they brainwashed. But it's very interesting because at the same time, we had good education. Um, math, science was top notch. And um, also literature. I mean, I studied literature that, my daughter, like uh, American literature, uh, French literature, like, you know, it was very interesting because education at that time was very solid. I don't know how it is now, but at that time was very solid. So, and people uh, lived very modest uh, lives. Nobody was rich. We didn't have like poor, poor, but everybody was basically um, equal. And we could not travel. You know, they kept us um, in the Soviet Union. We were not uh, allowed to travel abroad. So we would not see how people live, what is possible. So, you know, when you are trained from the very beginning to think within the box and conform to certain social and economic norms, it becomes your new normal. So... You know, it, it was my it was my normal until uh, no longer, <laughs> and um, that's when um, we decided to leave the country. And it was very challenging because, you know, it didn't sit well with the government. So they basically um, took our uh, documents. So we traveled without passports, without any. So the government didn't want you to leave. They were trying to stop you from leaving. Yeah, because the because when people were, were leaving, they were they were sharing what is happening there. Okay, and I don't even uh, uh, ask me to go back to Stalin time when people were terrorized. And we had a lot of people who were openly against the regime, against the system, and you know they were sent you know where. So Milna, how old were you when you left? Uh, early thirties. Early thirties. Yeah. Okay. So you left, uh, you'd grown up. It's everything you knew, but the one word I heard a lot about that you mentioned is forced. You were forced to do things. There wasn't freedom. And for everybody listening to this podcast, like what's it like when your choices are not, you, you can't, they're not your own. You don't get to make your own choices. Yeah. Like I told you that we were not allowed to travel in, in, to other countries. And when we decided to leave the country, they said, okay, you cannot sell your anything like because they, they will not uh, allow us to sell uh, my apartment. It was taken. It was taken because it was, you know, you, you're not part of this country. Get out. So when I said that we arrived to the States with nothing, I mean, nothing like maybe, maybe $100 yeah, in our pockets. That's how we started. Okay. Yeah. So you can imagine with all the um, uh, beliefs around money, uh, how difficult it was. It was scary. It was, it was very scary. But at the same time, I clearly remember the first time uh, I was walking on the streets of uh, New York, 
we arrived to New York City, yeah. I felt at home. I was like, I don't care what will happen next. I will make it happen. And I felt at home. So, yeah, that's how uh, it started. And then uh, I didn't speak English, by the way. I forgot to mention this. So you, you had so, to learn English. Yeah. So it In took your 30s. Me, yes. Well, wow. yeah. Um, so basically... I had to start uh, supporting my family. We were eligible for welfare for like maybe four, six months, yeah. but uh, it was not so enough for me. You had children then too. Yeah, I had one child and okay. I, uh, I came with my then husband. And um, so yeah. I started as a florist assistant. Look at this. I had master's degree in physics. I was highly educated, great experience, but when you don't speak the language, nothing, nothing matters. So I started as a florist assistant. I was receiving $4.50 per hour. And I was very, very happy because it helped me to support my family and eventually buy a very, very used car so I could go on uh, professional interviews. So within one year, I self-taught English. And uh, my first job was IT consultant for Merrill Lynch. And from there, I worked for many, many Wall Street companies. American Express, Deutsche Bank, uh, Morgan Stanley, Bankerstrasse, Dean Witter, uh, always in the Walter Center, by the so, way. Wait, your background was sort of uh, physics and science, but then how did you get into finance? It was my dream. Yeah. I wanted, I always wanted to learn how to invest in a stock market. Okay. Because uh, again, um, subconsciously at this time, I wanted to be free. I didn't want to depend on any government anymore. Not, not, doesn't matter what kind of government it is. I learned my lessons. And that's why financial independence was in the back of my mind from the very beginning. And that's uh, why um, learning how to invest in the stock market was very important to me. And um, yeah, so I work uh, for major Wall Street companies for many, uh, many years, became an executive. But at some point, I just didn't feel right. I uh, felt like I'm uh, literally wasting my my life, my time, because it was just, I lost the meaning. I, by that time, I had a beautiful suburb, a beautiful house in the suburbs, um, you know, nice family. On the surface, everything was perfect. But inside, I felt like I was dying. So uh, to make a long story short, I walked out from my marriage. I walked out from my uh, financially comfortable job, prestigious job. And um, I wasn't sure what to do next. So anyway, I applied to Wharton Business School. So I, you know, I just thought that maybe that would um, lead me somewhere where I would have, um, I would feel differently about my work. Well, uh, when you don't know where you're going, all the ways will get you there. I graduated from this, uh, from the Wharton Business School with this prestigious MBA degree. I didn't want to go very back. Very prestigious. And I, That's very impressive. And I still didn't know exactly what Milan wants. So I took a little bit of time. I knew that I didn't want to go to back to corporate, but it's not enough to know what you don't know, what you don't want. Um, it's better to know what you want. So, and I started thinking and I came back to uh, my why, why I'm here. I wanted to be financially independent. I didn't want to be with a person 
any person just because I wasn't sure if I can support myself. I didn't want to work for any boss and be afraid that he can fire me or lay me off. By the way, I never was fired or laid off. But, but you know, this fear was there. And I never wanted ever, ever, ever to depend on any government. So I said, I want to be financially independent. And then I started basically researching how can I become financially independent. And the first thing that I found was I had to have multiple sources of income. And I already was investing in the stock market, but uh, you know I didn't make, uh, I was not getting enough uh, income from this. So I said, um, I need to have multiple sources of income and multiple streams of income from each source. So uh, that brought me to the idea of starting a real estate investment company. So I got business partners. We started real estate investment company. Uh, I was the one who was managing it. I had a team. And the beginning was great. We were buying properties. We were getting income. And then, boom, what, uh, what kind of properties uh, were you buying? We were buying single-family house, uh, houses and multi-unit uh, um, buildings. Uh, like how many units? Uh, anywhere from f for multi-units, it was anywhere from 4 to 11. Perfect. So single families, four to 11 uh, multi-units. And then are you flipping these? Are you holding them for rent and, and monthly cash flow? Or Okay. So at the beginning, we were flipping very few and then we were holding them. Because once I got business partners uh, who had money, they we didn't need to flip them. Yeah. Okay. So that was my second. What, what kind of, of cap rates and, and returns uh, were you guys trying to target at that time? They were At that time, they were very good. Uh, I can tell you, well, it depends. It depends. It depends. It depends on the location because we had sure. um, like some properties were in a, um, a college uh, um, and college locations, college locations sure. like for example, Hoboken, right? Hoboken, yeah. it, not only uh, it has colleges there, but it also very uh, in a close proximity to uh, New York City. So there are a lot of professionals who live there. So that was very good location and uh, uh, it was easy to rent, etc. But we also were um, uh, looking for properties in not uh, upscale area where our return would be much, much higher. And then we would just uh, buy those properties, upgrade them and rent, rent them out. And that was uh, uh, another very, very good. So it was like kind of two different strategies, right? That we were pursuing. But um, uh, well, things are going well. You got you're running your own real estate investment company. You got your team built. Uh oh, 2008 and 2009 happens. What happens now? What happens? <laughs> my business partners freaked out. They were like, "We want out. We want out. Like, uh, just uh, sell, sell it all. And, sell it yeah, all. Sell it all." And uh, obviously, I knew that it was not the right move. We were upside down, and I couldn't. And uh, I became very. Um, more than frustrated, very embarrassed, ashamed that, you know, I um, cannot uh, cannot give them what they wanted because, I, you know, integrity is my top core value. And uh, I became deeply depressed, seriously depressed. Um, I had to let go of my team. I was leaving off my uh, savings. And then one day I was driving to see um, one of my real estate clients and I got into a car accident. It uh, damaged my neck, didn't have health insurance. So I was a, a mess. I was a bloody mess. Physically, I was like really in pain. 
And I was financially at that time, I was financially broken and emotionally I, I was broke at that time. Broken, I mean, I was financially broken, emotionally broken. And um, to the point that um, I just wanted to end my life. It was, was a rough time people. for a lot of us, really rough time, that 0809. So how did you get out of that? How did you fight your way out? Well, I cannot say that I fought my way out, to be yeah. frank. Okay, Holy so crap. I was actually on my way down, like very quickly in this downward spiral. And um, uh, I was like not eating, not sleeping. It was it was crazy. I never was depressed before, so I wasn't even clear what was happening i was avoiding right. avoiding my classmates avoiding friends avoiding people because i was so embarrassed i felt like you know uh failure was uh, written on my forehead and just one day i just uh, happened to meet this woman who spoke with me and she detected something and she said you have to talk to this guy and this guy happened to be a life coach so he contacted me and we started talking and i realized that you know what failure is not a person Failure is an event, and there is a life after the, this event. I also uh, re-evaluated what success means to me. I, I was definitely, at that time, was definitely giving other people a lot of stake in my um, perception of, of success. So he basically helped me to shift a lot of perceptions that were not loving to me, not kind to me. And guess what? I started functioning better. I started thinking better. I started um, basically just coming back to better uh, version of myself. I started praying. I started meditating intuitively because I was never raised as a, uh, re as a religious or spiritual person. It was prohibited in Soviet Union, by the way. Right. So for me, it was completely out of the blue when I started praying and I started meditating and um, slowly I started feeling better and guess what during this time I made some really really good investment decisions and within a few years I became financially independent. So in what fields or spaces did you make those investments were you back into real estate or what what'd you do? Okay so real estate was one of them Yes, okay. so I, I made some really, really good because, you know, it, it was a time to buy and most people uh, wanted to sell. So, like I said, when I started functional functioning better, I, you know, I was I started buying where people were selling because my business partners, you know, uh, they saw that I feel better. I, I found some really good deals and, you know, they they came back. And also um, uh, I made great investments in the stock market at that time. So it individual was stocks or mutual funds or I never buy mutual funds. I don't like them. I yeah. don't believe in them. Uh, I buy individual stocks and I buy uh, in a particular industries that I think uh, have promise and yeah. ETFs. So stocks in ETFs. Very any, uh, any specifics you'd like to mention of, of some of those stocks and why you bought them and well, at that, you know, honestly, at that time, I also bought some, um, just you mentioned uh, what else, I also bought some annuities at that time. Okay. And uh, th this was the time when everybody was so scared. So they were, they were offering good deals. So, like I said, it was a combination. And I don't remember exactly which stocks, but it was not one stock. It was not five stocks. 
I uh, believe in the um, strategic allocation of assets. So yeah. I... Uh, based on industry or... Well, based, uh, you're talking about stocks specifically? Yes. Yeah, let, let me just talk about like right now, where I am right now invested, if you don't mind. Yes, like I, do. Yeah, like for example, right now, I believe in uh, uh, particular industries. I believe in biotech right now, okay? So um, I have a portfolio, a sub-portfolio in my portfolio because I have multiple brokerage accounts. Uh, I have a sub portfolio in my portfolio, stock portfolio that invest in um, um, biotech stocks. I also think that our oil industry right now has been beaten up so badly that it's about uh, time for us to look into that because I think there are some um, opportunities there. So I invest in um, uh, oil ETF. Um, so what else I invest in? Uh, I invest in some um, uh, telemedicine. I think that telemedicine has a future. So you see, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of uh, observing the trends and go with the trends. So that's how I invest. The trend in, is your friend. Yeah, the trend is your friend. That's for sure. And but, you know, so it's you, you we've got to uh, ride the trend as long as we can. And another trend right now, I think, is uh, very important that I'm sure you want to talk about is cryptocurrencies. Yes, because yes. Uh, while I am also investor in precious metals, because traditionally uh, with the superinflation that is coming, and I hope everybody uh, who 100%. is listening to us right now knows that. Us, tell us why you're very confident that inflation's coming, and then tell us how crypto and different things are going to help us to not be as negatively affected as most people will. Okay, so like why inflation is coming? Because they don't stop the presses. They print the they print this uh, uh, fiat currencies not only in the U.S. But everywhere around the world, it's like there is no tomorrow. And uh, yeah, maybe for a while uh, it will um, it will kind of uh, slide for them. But uh, we, we will have to pay the ultimate price. And I think that inflation is already noticeable in uh, many, many, um, you know, real life uh, uh, needs that we have. Like look at the food inflation. Everything is is much more expensive yeah. than it was before, right? Um, uh, assets, uh, hard, uh, real assets are more expensive. Uh, real estate, real estate people, just keeps because, going up. Yeah, it keeps going up and people say like, at some point it should stop. But you know, what is the reason for prices to stop? There is no reason because people want to move uh, value from, um, from something that is losing purchasing value, like US dollars, for example, into real assets. And that's why it's, uh, it's, it definitely will keep going because uh, value of the purchasing, purchasing uh, power of US dollars is going down. And not only US dollars, euros as well and other currencies. So people want to invest in real assets. And that's uh, when I say real assets, I'm talking about real estate. I'm talking about maybe some oil, land, and uh, precious metals, gold and silver. But what is interesting that traditionally in this situation when, you know, inflation is right, you know, knocking on the door or already entered through yeah, the door, yes. right? Uh, usually um, gold and silver go exponentially, exponentially uh, higher, but it's not quite the case right now. 
yeah. they kind of they kind of in a plateau right now and i'm uh, um i'm highly diversified in my portfolio that i design myself and uh, i do have allocation in precious metals but observing what is happening i said you know what cryptos looks like uh, replaced the the gold the you know the security that gold represented for thousands of years which is a, is a, it's a new phenomenon and, so, um, so you're feeling like where people used to put their money in hard assets like gold and silver and platinum and, the, and those precious metals has now kind of transitioned over to crypto and Bitcoin and Ethereum and Ripple and some of those different. Yeah, I would not say trans uh, like I, I would not say that people who like myself, for example, who like uh, to have allocation in precious metal that I moved uh, all my allocation from precious metals to cryptos. But I'm definitely diversifying now yeah. into cryptos. Okay? What, for, Something for that someone, I, would, I would put in precious metals. I would, so I would for someone who's building uh, that retirement investment account and wants financial independence, what would you suggest is maybe a percentage of their portfolio that they should be considering allocating towards crypto? Okay, so first of all, it depends on person's uh, um, uh, risk tolerance. It depends on person's age yep. and particular uh, circumstances. So I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna prescribe particular allocation. Yeah. Uh, I also want to say that I think it's very unwise to put all your money, and I know some people do that, to put all your money into cryptos because cryptos are very, very volatile. So yeah. you always have to, um, you know, I like to say that you uh, invest money that you uh, afford to lose. So if it's your last um, dollars or euros or whatever, definitely not a good idea to put all yeah. your money into cryptos. Uh, for a long time, I considered cryptocurrencies as a as a uh, chaos um, uh, um, chaos uh, asset, right? Because like if uh, just do, like do you, gold do you and still silver, believe it's, do you believe it's a good hedge against inflation? I do. I do. And, and more and more. And something else I want to mention that some phenomena that I discovered that there are some cryptos that pay you money for uh using this for using these cryptos it's called almost, crypto almost like a royalty. dividend paying stock Is yeah it's similar to dividends yeah, yeah it's okay. it's an interesting phenomenon because it's basically you know uh they want to increase the usage for particular cryptocurrency because there are thousands of these cryptos right yeah. so in order to um uh in order to motivate people to buy this uh particular cryptos they started paying what is called crypto royalty and uh so if you if you know which cryptos and you know they the the amount is uh, the percentage is different some pay 10 percent, some pay 15 percent. so it varies but it's very similar idea um well i don't know if it's a similar idea because dividends pay you pay you uh based on profits of the company right so uh, the crypto royalty they pay you for usage so because they want to increase the usage, the more people use this crypto, the better for the uh, crypto, the, the better um, uh, chances for this cryptocurrency to become prominent. And that's why um, they pay for this. So that's the kind of additional income stream because I'm very big on not just uh, uh, investing in assets that grow in value. I'm very big on investing in assets that provide you income now. Okay. Cash so, flow. 
cash show me flow. the cash, cash flow, flow, cash flow, right? cash flow. Yes, yes. I love it. Well, this this has been amazing. So you're a wealth of information and knowledge and experience in real estate and stocks and bonds and precious metals and in cryptocurrency. I think everybody listening is probably saying, well, Millen, how can I work with you? How can I learn what you've learned? How can I make great investment decisions and you know, come out of 08, 09 recession actually in better shape than before? What's the process? How do we do it? How can we work with you? So uh, the, best, um, the best I can offer today is uh, to have a complimentary consultation with me because then I can see exactly what is the situation that you're experiencing right now? What are your goals? And how can we map your steps from where you are right now to where you want to get, right? Because it's all about strategic mapping. And uh, I invite you to book this consultation uh, with me. Uh, the time is limited. My time is limited. So jump into this as soon as possible. The link is speakwithmillen.com. It's speak with and then M I L L. E-N, like nancy.com, speakwithmillen.com and book this consultation as soon as possible. And uh, let's just uh, look at your specific situation. And those people who will book this uh, consultation with me, it's complimentary values, $500. You will get it for free. In addition to this, I, want, I will offer you my um, beginner investor toolkit where I have like eight steps that will help you to start investing strategically not just because someone told you buy this buy this crypto buy this stock uh, buy this mutual fund but uh, how to be strategic about your um, investing so go to speakwithmillan.com uh, as soon as you can and grab this uh, available spots very few left and i would be happy to uh, help you to Never worry about money again. That's the name of this uh, consultation. Never worry, how to never worry about money again. Because once you become financially independent, just like I, I'm, I'm uh, financially independent over 10 years, you will never have to worry about money again. That's right. Uh, P.T. Barnum once said that money is a great servant, but a terrible master. And so you're teaching people how to make money your servant, how to attract it, and how to create financial independence. Guys, that's speakwithmillen, M-I-L-L-E-N.com. Go there. I can't believe she's just offering a free consultation when all of her experience and knowledge could easily make this a $1,000 per hour consultation. So this is very limited. I would definitely go to speakwithmillen.com, you know, regardless of where you're at in the investment journey. And she's right. Like inflation, there's no doubt it's coming. Governments can't spend recklessly, and our government is spending recklessly right now. And yes, there's unique situations, but at some point, that inflation is going to really wreak havoc. And if you don't have your investments in order, then you'll just spend all your time worrying about money, and life is too precious to spend worrying about money. Well said. Well said, Leo. Well, Millen, it's been amazing. So speakwithmillen.com. Everyone will check that out. And uh, what's you got the final word? What's the final word? What's the next thing someone should be doing to you know get their money right? Let me just say this: many people I speak to, they feel that financial independence for them is just a pipe dream, you know, because they look at their bank account, they look at what is happening in the country, and they think it's just a pipe dream. And I hope that my story and my um, 
kind of rising uh, from the ashes Phoenix story inspired you to uh, go for your dream? Go for it. Just find someone, find support, find a guide who could help you to get there faster because it's absolutely possible. And think in terms of multiple sources of income. Never rely on one source, no matter how great it is, no matter how great your business is right now, no matter how great your stock market portfolio is or or how many Bitcoins you have, never, realize, never rely on one source of income. And I stand by this. I live this way. Amen. Well said, Millen. Well, guys, this has been an amazing podcast. Great value. And what a beautiful story. Millen coming all the way from Lithuania, living the American dream. And that's why we are still in the best country with the best opportunities for the world. So don't listen to all the media and all the negativity. They are just absolutely wrong. And none of them have lived in a communist country. But guess who has? Millen. And she is living the American dream. And you guys all can too. Go to speakwithmillen.com. And we'll see you next time on the Seven Figures Club podcast. Millen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.